You're listening to The Dilly Show with author Brendan Dilly, now available as a daily podcast. You can catch the show live Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Go to dillyshow.com for details. And now, your host, Brendan Dilly. Good morning, Mago. Welcome to The Dilly Show. I am your host, author Brendan Dilly. It's my book right here. Still breathing the wisdom and teachings of a perfectly flawed man. You can pick that up on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or any other major book retailer. And don't forget, if you love this show, you can support this show. Very simple. You just go to Subscribestar.com forward slash The Dilly Show. Every little bit counts, and I really appreciate it. We had over 120 people wiped out of our Subscribestar in the last 30 days. I think they did a purge. So please, if you think you're subscribed, go confirm that you are because you more than likely are not. Subscribestar.com forward slash The Dilly Show. Check that out today. Good morning. Happy Monday, April 24th, 2023. Another day in America, my God. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot more than I thought we were going to talk about. Unfortunately, I had a premonition about said topic we're going to get into moments before it actually came to fruition. So we're going to talk about Fox News. We're going to talk about Tucker Carlson. We're going to talk about Rob DeSantis meatball traveling abroad to promote a book in Japan. Because people in Japan really want to read your shitty memoir about your fucking first four years in office as a governor in Florida. Makes total sense. Absolutely fucking total sense. Yeah, no. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about uh, the swan diving ratings and the effect it's having on Team Meatball. That's going well. (laughs) We've seen that move before. We're going to talk about that today. I've got a bunch of other fun stuff. It was an interesting weekend, to say the least. My mind never really stopped. So if I seem slightly uh, mentally tired today, I am. I never relaxed all fucking weekend. I kept thinking I was going to, and I just couldn't make it happen. I don't know what the hell was going on. Scrambling all weekend long, sliding into another week. It's like I never took a day off. That's okay. Still happy to be here with you guys, but I am feeling a little bit mentally a little bit exhausted. Um, There is a lot to unpack with what is happening around us. I'm very uh, optimistic of the progress we have made, but I also have reason to believe you need to keep your fucking head on a swivel. And uh, we're going to talk about that today and why. We've also got to, I've been trying to avoid talking about it, but we're going to have to talk a little bit of economics. Nothing too crazy, but we we will touch on it a bit. We will touch on it a bit, but there is a lot going on. I'll tell you who didn't uh, have the weekend off the meme team. My God, you guys are a fucking army. You're like, I don't even know what to say about this. I got so much content. It's unbelievable. I had to play two memes to open this show just to make sure I had room for the other 15. Really well done, you guys. Very proud of you guys. You crushed it this weekend. And uh, honestly, I know a lot of people expect it, but... But I don't, and uh, I don't take it for granted. So well done. You guys worked your tails off all weekend long with some awesome content. We also got a President Trump sit-down interview with Mark Levin. Uh, I have some of it. I'm not going to play the whole thing, obviously. But I have a few clips that I thought were interesting uh, that uh, I think Trev grabbed these for me. Magical Trevor grabbed them. I could be wrong, but I think that's who grabbed them. Interesting clips nonetheless. So, yeah, we're going to talk about all of that stuff. There's a lot going on right now, not just here in the United States of America, but globally. And uh, they are setting up the next act. I can tell you right now, the, the big turn for them on what comes next is right, uh, it's right around the corner. And we need to be prepared. 
so that we can stop it. And by they and them, I am referring to these global cunts that are trying to bring down the United States of America. They've got a plan. We fucked up their plan A. They're going to plan B. There's a way they're going to go about it. So we're going to have to talk about it onto the show. All right. Good morning, everybody. Oh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Where to start? Um, okay. I had some interesting conversations this morning. Already out the gate. Um, very interesting, very weird. And I'll explain a little bit uh, here in a second. But everything is bullshit. And one of the conversations that I had was in a chat that someone added me to, which is fine. With its, it's got some pretty big, heavy hitters within the MAGA movement. And I was added to this chat, and mostly I lurk. Until this morning, I read something that was so fucking retarded that I had to chime in. And it didn't have anything to do with politics. It was about business. And I realized how deep the rot has went within our cultural sphere. And essentially, it was that, uh, that what is driving business these days and what essentially makes somebody successful is their their vision and their ability to convey that vision that's what investors are looking for not not a balance sheet debt income cash flow and this person and the people involved in this conversation like i said very high value high like you you read their stuff probably okay they publish articles DJT shared them. These are not dumb people. These are very intellectual people. But the fact that they are having a dialogue of this type as conservatives, and I'm pushing back because, well, I, I got to be careful what I say here, but I found it to be stupid, the premise of what they were saying. And then what was scary was that the, the premise, that what they were using to validate their premise, which is that balance sheets and cash flow no longer are relevant to invest investors, what they were using to support it was the current economic environment of essentially uh, entrepreneurial activism, I guess we'll call it, investor activism. It's very strange, but I feel like it's a deeper dialogue that we have to have because it's going to lead this country right off the fucking cliff. Um, this, this concept of investor activism is going to absolutely destroy this fucking country. When we stop actually stay stating and, and sticking to uh, capitalist sort of foundations where stupid ideas with poor planning and poor um, you know execution are not allowed to have access to capital or liquidity, when we stop following those and instead we base what we're doing almost entirely on feelings, you're heading for fucking major, major problems, like beyond even what you think you're experiencing right now. And so this was part of this, this dialogue, and I'm not having this conversation in a leftist room, and I'm not having this conversation with dumb people. These were people who are very quite proud of themselves. And that was the other part of it is I think that you're, I was witnessing these people who their perception of what qualifies as success is very warped. They're no longer basing success on the ability to move and generate cash flow through positive uh, 
marketing and uh, you know large sales. There, many of these people are starting to build and in, in, in essentially qualify themselves as successes based on their ability to get investors to give them money for them to live off of while they build a vision of something. This is fucking insane. Um, this is not business. This is not commerce. Uh, that I don't even think these two people who are patriotic and can, very conservative uh, are even aware of how fucking far off base this is. And this was a, a larger room with many more people. And they were... The, I'm the only one defending traditional capitalism within that conversation. Uh, that someone who says that's grifting, that is correct. Like, but the thing is, is these are very, A, quote, perceived very successful people. I guess where I'm going with it is, is really. Everything is bullshit. Everything is bullshit. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is bullshit. Everything is bullshit. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Time. Everything is bullshit. <laughs> Come on, man. Alright, so there's other things I've learned in the last week that really like they sat in my crawl all weekend and I've been pondering them. You know, it's one of those moments where you're like, do you say the thing you're going to say or do you not? All right, let me tell you another thing that happened. Like, I don't want to shoot myself right in the fucking foot. So I got to be careful with how I frame this. Okay. One of the more prominent big names in the conservative movement was approached by a platform, a newer one, that is very big and it's growing very quickly and has been very friendly to conservatives. And this person explained to me that they were in a negotiation for a, a uh, opportunity to broadcast exclusively through this one platform, right? And... Uh, And they were, they were having a negotiation. It was a very large sum of money. Large sum of money. And eventually, there is language within that contract that the person who had the show or was going to have a show, his lawyer was like, we can't move forward with this language in here. And the company, the company said... Okay, well, if we can't have that language in here, then there's no deal. We can't go forward. And so this person walked away from a huge payday. That's not really the important part of this story. This is not the important part of the story. It's not that they walked away. This person, prior to the negotiation and up until walking away, from the platform was getting 150 to a quarter million views per episode. Once the negotiation fell apart, 
this person's views dropped all the way down to 40,000 an episode. I don't believe anything anymore. Here's the con that everybody in social media and everybody in um, broadcasting of any kind is, is pulling over. They have bullshit numbers. They have bullshit reach. Everything is completely arbitrary. And for the purposes of negotiation, like, can you think of a more lopsided means of negotiation than trying to negotiate with somebody who's broadcasting on your platform, but you get to decide how much leverage that person has by manipulating how many people you show them to be viewing? Do you guys understand, like, this is happening and it's not the left. Most of what we're seeing right now, uh, I think in America, is a total and complete collapse of legitimate commerce because it's all manipulated. It feels like they've stopped trying to out uh, innovate one another and instead what's going on right now is really dumb motherfuckers who are bad at business are essentially manipulating the, the numbers for the sake of defrauding investors, driving up stock prices, and then it justifying their product and through that means. This is crazy. This is YouTube. This is everybody's doing this. When I say everybody, they're all doing this. This is where I step back from the ledge and I go, wait a minute. Because this is like, they see the quick payday. And, the, and then they can incentivize the same sort of behavior by manipulating content creators into believing that they're huge major celebrities because they're showing them a view count that's total bullshit or they're, they're actually putting their finger on the scale. This, is, this should make you really fucking like step back from the ledge a little bit because when you stop being able to trust like when everything becomes essentially a Ponzi scheme and that's what these, these are, that's what that is. Like when you start, when the fundamentals of business no longer apply at the highest levels of business, you're pretty much on your way to fucking bankruptcy. The entire apparatus is on its way to bankruptcy. And these people, like how do you make that sales pitch? Like when there are certain people within the media sphere who, who no one's ever heard of and they have no loyal fans or listeners who get these huge multi-seven-figure paydays, but the numbers don't bear out the, the justification. You're not doing actual commerce at that point. And what they're doing is they're manufacturing view count to justify stock price. And so they're defrauding investors. This is crazy to me. That's why there's so many people that you guys like, you'll be like, oh, that guy is famous. And then you go, oh, have you ever watched a show? And then you're like, no. You're like, do you know anybody who's ever watched that person's show? And you're like, actually, no. I'm a conservative and I've never heard of anybody who's watched that show. And you go, then how do you think that that person makes millions of dollars every year? You go, oh, well, because it's, uh, he's famous. Everybody knows who he is. Right, okay. How come I can't find anybody who's ever watched the show? It's fraud. It's completely fraud. And here's where we're going with this. There's a, it actually ties in with the stories that are breaking. At the moment of this show starting, Tucker Carlson, what appears to be, has, has been 
terminated from Fox. Simultaneously, Don Lemon also was terminated from CNN. The difference being, Tucker is on the number one rated show on all of Fox, and Don Lemon fucking sucks, and his show has no ratings. Both fired at the same time on the same day. Someone else said they saw that Joy Reid was fired. Is that true? Is that, is, do we have confirmation on the Joy Reid story? Tucker is gone. And so D Tucker, I don't even think they're going to let him do another a farewell show. Whatever happened with Tucker and Fox was not planned. It was abrupt. Something happened where either Tucker said, fuck you, I'm out, or Fox said, fuck you, you're out. But Don Lemon got fired this morning off of his morning show. Tucker's last show was Friday. They're saying he's no longer doing any more. And you guys started a rumor about Joy Reid, so that one's not true. Okay. Why am I a little bit worried about the Tucker news? Because Rupert Murdoch settled with Dominion voting machines for like $800 million. $800 million on a settlement. Dude, if you're facing a lawsuit of $1.2 or $1.3 billion, why would you settle without even getting your day in court or creating leverage in the case? Why would you settle for like 80% of the fund? Like you'd settle for like, hey, here's half of what you're suing me for. Go away. But if you're being sued for like 1.1 to 1.3 billion, why would you just willfully cough up 800 million at the point in the case that you have the least amount of leverage? You wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. Rupert Murdoch, within the space of five days, gave Dominion Voting Systems almost a billion dollars willfully and then fired or got rid of or allowed his number one rated moneymaker on Fox to walk, to walk away or to get thrown out? Are you following where I'm going with this? This feels like they're clearing the deck of anyone who may potentially push back against the official narrative from these state-sponsored organizations. You better keep your head on a swivel right now. Something smells to high heavens on all of this stuff, and I refuse to believe that they're not somehow loosely and or potentially related you also have this other thing in the backdrop that's occurring which is ron DeSantis is getting trounced for four straight months and he still jets off to a foreign uh dignitary meeting for his book did they change the rules in florida yet the 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 uh the resign to run law did they change that and I wasn't paying attention? Did they change the resign to run law in Florida? And if they didn't, where the fuck is the state legislature and or where the fuck is the accountability to that law in the state of Florida? So it's not changed, right? So we have a governor openly violating law in his own state and nobody seems to give a shit in a post-justice America. If he hasn't resigned to run, then how come he is, then isn't he like absolutely in, in total and complete dereliction of duty in Florida then? The Uniparty is rallying around DeSantis and he's failing because you can't hide him the way you could Joe Biden. Joe, you could pull off because COVID, old guy, high risk, so you could justifiably tell people, 
This elderly man who wants to run for president is at risk of contracting a super deadly illness, and therefore he cannot be seen in public. And the public ate that shit up because it's like, how do you argue with that? But Team Meatball is running a 45, 44-year-old man who has the charisma of a turd and who has, frankly, some of the most bizarre mannerisms of any politician I've ever had to cover and who's violating Florida law and you can't hide him because there is no more COVID and he's not a high-risk candidate. So what happens is the more that DeSantis talks, the worse his polling numbers. And now Trevor's telling me that they're filling Tucker's spark spot with fucking Brian Kilmeade, the, the never Trumper. Are you kidding me? Listen to me. I tried to tell you guys this for years. When giant corporations stop giving a shit about money, something's wrong. I'm just telling you right now, when you start going, hey, let's take the guy that gets the number one view count, the number one advertising dollars, the number one, and you just say, let's get rid of him and replace him with the fucking guy that no one wanted, who sucks and is not charismatic or interesting. Anytime I watch people stop giving a shit about trying to make money, especially corporations, you better have your head on a swivel. Because you're now dealing with corporate jihadis. You understand that? You're dealing with corporate jihad. They are fucking killing their brands. Budweiser's doing it. Bud Light. Fucking Anheuser-Busch. Fox. CNN. They are committing financial suicide publicly. And the only thing you need to ask yourself is why would a seemingly greedy organization who's like, this is what I'm, what's scary. It means that their business model has changed. You are no longer the primary target of their products. So who the fuck is? This is where you've got to start thinking, okay, what's the new business model? Like, what's the new business model? If the business model isn't popular show host with popular following justifying exorbitant advertising prices, what's the business model? There is another element to the, all of this that should make you very unnerved because you're dealing with what it feels like extremists. They're subsidizing it. Who is subsidizing the extremism? Is it a foreign nation? Is it China? Is it fucking, who is it? Who is, who is subsidizing this decision? We're dealing in a, we're in a very, very strange environment. And it's one of the reasons that you've got to be, you have to have a different mindset going into it because you cannot go into it thinking in a traditional linear sense, which is, oh, they'll replace Tucker with this person who also gets a lot of money and views and therefore it'll be fine. They're being subsidized someplace else. Could be Pfizer, could be subsidized by China. But someone is saying to Rupert Murdoch, go ahead and lose whatever that dollar amount is in advertising from Tucker leaving. We'll pay for it and then some. Someone is saying that. Someone's saying, don't worry. And the reason it's getting even worse, you guys, is the billionaire class expanded during 
COVID. The billionaires, the most powerful fucking douchebags on uh, planet Earth, most of these people, super evil, their wealth grew by 20 or 30% during COVID, which means the people who were most likely to manipulate and buy elections have even more money to do so for 2024. This is where you need to really pay attention. Their expenditure, their, their ability to eat a loss was, has grown significantly. They were able to cut those, you know, essentially buffer that and subsidize that loss somewhere else. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I didn't think I was going to have to start the show this way. I have other stuff I've got to cover, but Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News is a giant, holy shit, red flag. Holy shit, red flag. It used to be that if you were the ratings king, you wrote your own check and you wrote your own way. And everyone had to kiss your ass because you are who they had to go through to get their mega fucking payday bonuses. But if, if you're no longer the guy, it'd be like if, let me put it like this, okay? It'd be like this. Imagine NFL teams that collectively agreed they no longer gave a shit about winning a Super Bowl. Like, they didn't overtly say it, but they just they essentially resigned themselves to, it's okay as long as we compete every year and give the people something um, interesting to watch. Like, you can't fix that because it's not inherently against the law. But if they were to all collectively just decide, we don't really give a shit, we're no longer about competitive sport, we're about money, and if it were only about money then you, would, you wouldn't make decisions the same way. It would make it easy for like getting rid of like the best coach in the NFL or the best quarterback. You'd be like, I don't care. They're trying to redefine what equals success. And when you do that, you can actually end up undermining the very fabric of society. You understand? They're, they're not measuring by the same things they used to measure by. We're, we're reaching a point where it's going to break. I believe the only way you break this the correct way, there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to break this, meaning this country and this stranglehold. The right way to break it is you've got to break their ability to print money at will. That's how so many terrible people ended up with so much money in their back pocket. The system is manipulated, and there's plenty of money to go around for all of the fucking crooks because the Federal Reserve is willing to print pretty much indefinitely. And all of the inflationary hits are absorbed by you and me. So until you correct the currency and you reset and have a hard currency fucking reset, you kind of don't have a way to rein these people in. This should be interesting. I'm going to mull this around more. I got more to say on this topic. Like, I hate the New York Post. I hate all news organizations now. Like, they're all liars and run by stupid people. Trump to publish King Charles' letter without his permission. What? Who cares? You don't have to have permission to publish a letter someone gives you. Once they give it to you, it's yours to have. Once somebody gives you a letter and they mail it to you, you can do whatever you want with that letter. There's literally no legal recourse to this. But wh why is the New York Post framing things like you have to get approval for this? You don't even have to ask. You don't, you, it, it would be weird if you did ask.
Oh my God, Trump's doing... Everything they say about this man is framed as a scandal. Nothing can just be President Trump publishing letters sent to him over the years. That's what the headline should say. Instead, everything they do, they, they suggest everything is a, is a scandal, even when it's totally lawful. That's what this is written like that for. They want you to believe, because they want your average mouth-breathing retard who scrolls past the New York Post to go, oh my God, did you see Donald Trump is publishing King Charles' letter even without his permission? They want you to side with this even though it's completely stupid. You don't, once you give the letter, there is, you don't get a choice. Like talking about banging somebody, like, hey, don't tell people we fucked. And you're like, but we did. And they're like, well, yeah, but no one can know. And you're like, well, that's your problem. Like, you can't unsuck him. You can't unswallow Trump. Like, if you didn't want him to talk about you fucking swallowing him, you shouldn't have done it. Everything, they think everything's a scandal now. People are like so full of shit. It's bizarre. I deal with this every day. Same kind of fucking behavior. Like, oh, hey, hey, don't. Uh... Like, do you know how many fucking letters I probably got from people that I'm like, I probably have fan mail right now. Probably thousands of pieces of fan mail from people who hate my guts now. They're like, don't show that. Don't talk about how. I wrote you a letter saying you changed my life because it no longer fits my new narrative for you. People are fucking weird, dude. People are weird. They're, the whole fucking country is suffering from like mental disorders. Now they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Don't reference that. Don't say that. Don't, don't talk about that. I don't want that to be a part of, that can't be part of my reality because I'm no longer able to justify why I did that. It's so weird. Like, people are trying to basically live without any type of regret. So instead of owning the past and moving, past, like moving beyond it, they're, like, denying it ever happened. And they're, like, pretending that that's somehow a healthy way of dealing with things. Like, oh, don't talk about the thing, that, the experience that we shared together. Or, like, I'll have to deal with the reality of how I've handled that experience since that time. Or some shit. Like, that's these people right here. It's like... They obviously, like, none of them has the maturity to go, yeah, I once wrote Donald Trump a letter that was meaningful and touching because he had made an impact in my life at that time. However, my feelings are different now or whatever. Like, none of them have, they have to pretend it never happened. It's fucking weird. I swear to God, I'm dealing with, like, I can't tell if I'm just this up my own ass or if the world really is more and more mentally fucking unstable every day. I feel like I wake up every morning like I took the crazy pills, but then the more my, my reason and my logic is still equipped and I'm like, I am dealing with some very high level fucking insanity and it's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. But are you guys feel like this? It's just bizarre. It's fucking really bizarre. And as if that wasn't bizarre enough, I had to listen to this over the weekend and now I've got leftists telling me to not believe my eyes and ears anymore. And I heard it. I heard what he fucking said. How do now I'm being told I shouldn't watch this video or share it with anybody. Leadership is about fooling the voters. It's about book deals and globalism. Leadership is about getting ahead, no matter who you stab in the back. In my America, the highest bidder wins. That's the leadership America needs. Hail Hydra. Now what's next? I watched his mouth move. It sounds like him. It looks like him. He's saying some really honest shit. 
But I'm told I shouldn't share this video out. Being told it's a deep fake. That somehow Hail Hydra is a joke. I don't know. I thought this is what all... I thought, haven't we always had political elites that reference hailing Hydra at the end of their speeches? I thought this was normal. This is not... I was told this was a super real video and we should, you know, in, in that, uh, you know, we need to campaign against it. But then some other people told me never share this. It's like the worst abomination. You could hurt people with it. I was told, I was told this could hurt people. I'm not sure which part of the video is supposed to hurt you, but I, my understanding is that they're reporting people for that super, super obvious and, uh, very clearly real video. We're living through an idiocracy. I don't even know how this is. This ends with, you know what? Everybody thinks the world's going to fucking end with Joe Biden blustering with Vlad Putin. And then one of them or both of them deciding to launch nuclear fucking warheads at each other. And then other countries get involved. And you got that whole, you know what I'm talking about? That whole 3D computer. And it's not. You know how the world ends? The world ends with... Joe Biden dropping something on the floor and bending down to get it and actually hitting the red button. Like you're giving them way too much credit for it to be some sophisticated stare down in some really biblical epic ending. This is, a, this is the fucking America 2023. It'll end up with a guy sitting on the fucking button. It'll be a guy, le uh, Hunter, don't lean on that. Huh? Uh-oh. That's how this ends. It ends with Hunter snorting crack cocaine off of the nuclear red button pushing down too hard. You understand? Like, that's how this ends. It's not, don't think it's something really scary and biblical and, like, obvious. It ends with just some dumb shit. Fucking, whoop, almost fell down. What'd you just push? I don't know. What's making those sounds? Oh, fuck. End of humanity. Hail Hydra. That's how it ends. It just, it ends with, it ends with an old man's fucking crackhead 50-something-year-old son screwing up and pushing the button by accident. That's it. That's it. I don't know. I still don't get it. What the? This is apparently, I'm not supposed to show this. Leadership is about fooling the voters. It's about book deals and globalism. Leadership is about getting ahead, no matter who you stab in the back. In my America, the highest bidder wins. That's the leadership America needs. Hail Hydra. Oh, my God. Everything is totally bullshit. I always know when everything is totally bullshit, too. Me and Randy are having that conversation. It makes no sense. No sense. There's no rhyme or reason. It's bizarre. Bizarre. Like, for example, you guys want me to give you an example? The numbers right now, is, is Rumble having a problem? The, the, the numbers on Rumble are the lowest they've been in six months. And it's without explanation. They're never like this right now. Hi, Rumble. I'm checking in on you guys. This shit, this is exactly what I'm talking about. What? No, you're telling me that for six months, every episode, it gets bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, is it a holiday no one told me about? Someone said I had to re-sign in. You guys feel me, though. These, are, these numbers are off by a 1,000. And this is where you start to wonder, you're like, so what changed after six months? Someone says Rumble has a new look. 
Rumble's been bad for five days. I mean, there's no way. Yeah, you're down like almost a thousand, somewhere between eight hundred and a thousand people. Someone said they're starting to watch on Twitter. Okay, so we might have people watching elsewhere, but I don't believe it. I'm telling you, you don't end up with baselines that all of a sudden go off of cliff. It doesn't do that unless something happened like over the weekend where I did something and like the audience like, oh my god, we're not tuning in to watch that. I'm trying to like, there's certain things that you just. I, I don't believe any of this shit anymore. I don't know what the real numbers are, and I don't know what they've been for years. I haven't known what they are for years because of this shit, because it's all completely arbitrary. I can't even really reference them anymore. I, like, I have a ballpark range of where I think we end up every day, but who the fuck can trust any of this anymore? It's crazy. All right. I just was noticing that. I was looked over there. I went, what the fuck? Yep. It's all fraud. They don't want to say that, but, dude, you're publicly traded. You play those games, it's fraud. I got a Diet Coke from yesterday. It's my leftover Diet Coke. I'm not really a, a huge fan, but I forgot to fill up the water today, and this was on my desk. I am not endorsing Diet Coke. I probably That's the first one I've had in I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah, anyway... Okay, let's get back to this thing. So there was a video of DeSantis. Now, look, okay, full disclosure, that was a Ramble Ramps meme, okay? Any video, let me just give you a hint for all of you who really like to just believe everything you see on the internet. Um, if the person in the video at the end of it says in their, they're not an actor, but at the end of the video they say Hail Hydra, it's probably a Ramble Rants troll meme, Okay. Like, that's the giveaway is when they reference a Marvel action movie saying at the end of a speech, okay? I, I, didn't, I don't want to ruin the fun, but, and I really feel badly that I have to actually explain this, but you wouldn't believe how many people have asked me if this video is real. The, the Hail Hydra is the funny giveaway that it's a joke, Okay? Now, I say all of that to you because this next clip is not a joke. This is an actual clip, and it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, not the worst, but, like, it's up there. Hold on. Where the fuck is it at? I'm going to lose my marbles if I can't find it. Wait, why does my stuff go missing all of a sudden? Son of a... I swear to God. Hold on. No one panic. I'm not panicking yet. Okay, I'm slightly panicking. Where's my video? Did I accidentally delete my video? I feel like I accidentally deleted my video. Well, fuck me running. It's just, it's a Monday. It must be a fucking Monday. I swear to God. It must be a Monday for having shit just had a video. Video's no longer on here. All I've got is this one. Well, I guess I'll play the meme. The meme is fine. It just doesn't make sense. I, I don't know where the original footage went. Now I have to go track that down. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a candidate, so we'll see if uh, if and when. I have no idea why this video is not where I left it. Let me see why I can't find my video. The dorky head shake video from this morning was not a meme. That's the craziest part about this video, is that it wasn't a meme, allegedly. 
Oh, someone says Rumble's having pro- problems across its platform, Dilly. Okay. Thank you for the heads up. I appreciate that. Sometimes you just never know. You go, what the hell is going on here? All right. Yeah, you know what? Look at me. I'm not exactly fucking in, you know, making any cases for gu- being a guy without having major fucking malfunctions on the uh, live air. I can't even get this shit to play. Here we go. This is an actual fucking clip. Are you falling behind a, a Trump? Any thoughts on that? I'm not. I'm not a candidate. I'm not. I'm not a candidate. I'm not a candidate. I'm not a candidate. Wait, that's the Maxwell. I'm not a candidate. I'm not a candidate. I'm not a candidate. So we'll see if if and when that changes. Please clap. That's the Mags one. He did two of them. Sorry, guys. I thought that was the original. It doesn't really matter. That's not doctored. Like, yeah, I'm not. I don't care, Lauren. I gave up. I gave up, hun. I don't care. I don't know why I fucking couldn't find it. But it doesn't matter. The point is, that's a bizarre-ass way to handle that question. You know what's weird is that Donald Trump told everybody he was Ron to Sanctimonious, and everyone was like, that'll never catch on because nobody wa- knows what Sanctimonious means. And then DeSantis proceeded to be Sanctimonious in every clip we've ever received since then. And now everybody knows what it is. Is that the most cringy fucking thing you've ever seen? This is like, obviously, Mag slowed this down, but dude, this is a real answer, and this is his real response. Falling behind uh, a Trump, any thoughts on that? I'm not. I'm not a candidate. I'm not. I'm not a candidate. 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 So we'll see if if and when that changes. Dude, is that the Ozempic that does that? Like, what makes you weird like that? What makes you do that? That was horrible. You know, somebody in my chat earlier was like, hey, everyone has a tell. 100%. That's, he's lying, right? So his body language and his mannerisms are telling you he's super upset about the polls. Like, he is super upset about the polls, just so we're clear. That's the dead giveaway that you're super upset... <laughs> That's like me. I literally do that when I'm mocking people. Like when I do my like, <laughs> when I do that, that's me exaggerating what he just did sincerely. He's like, <laughs> like what, dude? That's a fucking meltdown. His brain was just like, ah, poles cratering. It's like reality ran up against fucking cognitive dissonance, right? And he's just like, <laughs> Did you see my wife? Look at she's dressed like Jackie O. I don't care about polls. Look at my wife, how she's dressed today. How do you feel today? She's like, I feel like a first lady. Also, am I the only one that literally wanna, wants to slap the fuck out of somebody every time I hear him refer to his wife as the first lady of Florida? The first lady of Florida. When the fuck did governors start referring to their wives as this when did that become a thing was this ever a thing where we like where someone went out of their way to brand their wife in such a way she's the first lady of shut the fuck up she's the governor's wife the end nobody fucking worries no one says that the first lady of florida Uh. They do this shit because they're trying to elevate them and their stupid cunt wives 
to a higher level than they are. Who is she? She's just a lady that married a guy that became a politician. The end. The first fucking lady of Florida. Give me a goddamn break. I hate this timeline. These elite cunts. When the day comes, it's going to be ugly. When they finally, when they come back down to earth, that's going to be the biggest fucking splat in the history of humankind. My, my wife, the lady, the lady. This is my lady Casey from Florida. Give me a break, you fucking clown. I swear, these people, they're so up their own ass with such little actual real accomplishments. They have to elevate things that don't need elevating. Like, that's why they do it. They elevate people who have never accomplished anything. Casey DeSantis is a fucking nothing. Like, nothing. And it's okay. Just be like, I'm just a fucking mom. I used to do a little shitty-ass show back in the day. Nobody gave a fuck about me. And then I just supported my husband. That's enough. That's fine. But once you start doing the thing where you're like, I'm famous and successful by proxy, you sound like a fucking idiot. They're doing this with everybody, though, men and women. Like, both sides are doing this. Oh, well, yeah, I'm in proximity to success. It's like, okay. Like, it's okay to just be like, my wife. My, mo my wife who's a stay-at-home mother. But she's not. She likes to go out fucking gallivanting around pretending that she's doing anything other than trying to get a photo op. It's cringy as fuck. Quick, somebody sprinkle some water on DeSantis. He's having a fucking... He's having a meltdown. Is that a... Is he seizing? Get some water. You feel better? Hmm? Oh. <laughs> you better have that water on deck. Just fucking... Get the water on him. You good? Rob? Rob? You good? Yeah, you're fine. Having a meltdown. You know what I fucking hate about this, too? Listen. Is having an, if it, if it's having an involuntary convulsion something that we should really criticize a candidate for? Probably not, right? Do you want, can I tell you the real reason this pisses me off? The real reason that Hillary Clinton melting down pissed me off and the real reason watching Rob DeSantis fucking... Ah, because I fucking know for the next three to six years of my life, anytime I reference Meatball, it's going to be just like anytime I reference Hillary. Which means I'm going to get at least one to three people who will sincerely reply to me and let me know that what I have just observed is a, is a consequence or a product of a faulty clone, okay? Like, if you really want to know why this makes me angry, it's not that he, like, got a fucking chill while he was answering the question. He was like, it's because I'm now going to have to be the guy that endures fucking people like Ralph that'll be like, well, let me explain what's going on there. Uh, what's going on? Oh, the clone is having a fucking withdrawal from a lack of adrenochrome. And then I'm like, just end me. Because it won't just, you understand, it won't be just a guy lying and he has a shitty tell. It'll be someone letting me know that the clone is broken and that I'm a fucking idiot and I need to go read more of the drops. Hey, Dilly, well, you'd know more about this if you had read the... And then I'm like, fuck. 
If you only knew, like when I see this, I see a guy who's a bad liar having a fucking weird reaction to having to lie in public. But what other people will see is a fucking super expensive clone of a fucking politician having a meltdown because someone didn't give him his baby blood. And like, that's my job now. You know what I mean? <sighs> it didn't get easier for DeSantis, by the way, overseas. Do you guys see him on Japanese television? Oh my God, they fucking hate him. They fucking hate him. Look at this one. I mean, California sent me this. I didn't even know he stayed up late. Him and Hogman were staying up late watching videos over on Japanese TV. And uh, this is what one of the ones they saw. It was a. Uh, this is crazy. Please clap. Oh. Please clap. Please clap. Leadership is about fooling the voters. It's about book deals. Please clap. Leadership is about getting ahead, no matter who you stab in the back. Please clap. Please clap. Leadership is about fooling the voters. Please clap. Please clap. Please clap. It's about book deals and globalism. Leadership is about getting ahead. No Leadership is about fooling the voters. Ron DeSantis, president, never back down incorporated, is responsible for the content of this advertising. <laughs> Please clap. Dude, this timeline. Someone messaged me and goes, why do you attack DeSantis so much? I'm like, seriously? Like, they messaged me. I get these all the time, actually, from frequent viewers. Like, come here, I really seem to be going after DeSantis. I'm like, are you shitting me right now? Should I have left Jeb Bush alone in 2015 also and let him take over your fucking country? <laughs> that was a good meme. Thank you, guys. I have more. Don't worry. We're not, we're not done yet, though. We have more news. I have news. Hogman will be upset. The only reason Hog's giving me a pass is because the, the meme involved him. So he's like, okay, that's fine. All right. Uh, this is the super, super accurate polling that we've been going to. All other polling is shit now compared to this. Uh, that's because we have the official Cat Turd 2 polling. And look, he's Trump's up big. This was like 70,000 people, okay? I mean, that's a bigger... Uh, I believe that's going to be an, end up being a bigger, you know, amount of people polled than anything uh, any of these professional pollsters are going to get. But Cat Turd says seventy one percent prefer Trump over DeSantis, so that's official. You can just take that one to the bank. It's the real number. It's a big deal, right? The time for empty talk is over. 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 We will no longer accept politicians who are all talk and no action, constantly complaining, but never doing anything about it. Now arrives the hour of action. 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 Action
time for empty talk is over. Dover. 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 Together, we will make America great again. 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 When I'm president, I will ensure that America's future remains firmly in American hands. The fight for free speech is a matter of victory or death for America and for the survival of Western civilization itself. Together, we will make America great again. again. I will protect the right of self-defense everywhere it is under siege. I will build the shield to defend America from missile attack. We will have a peace through strength. And that's what we had. And we had no wars during the Trump administration. We had no wars. Remember that. And actually, he's not the only one. Everybody pretty much knows it. It's the same thing we all have seen and we all know. Nobody across America knows who Rob DeSantis is, which is why you can get away with calling him Rob in, like, casual conversation. No one corrects you. Uh, but even, even the fucking nerds over at 538 realize that Donnie J is more than double DeSantis' total. Here you go. That's it. That's it. It's, it's not, this is not a close race. It's only getting wider. Team Meatball sucks uh, massively. No one likes them. And they're still out here pretending he's popular. And guess what? The stories are all coming out now. And I've talked about this on the show. I talked about this from somebody who had told me they used to work for DeSantis. They were staffers. They said he's fucking weird. He's a weird, weird dude. Republicans on DeSantis. According to Rick Scott, DeSantis doesn't talk to me, so I don't know about DeSantis. According to Marco Rubio, I haven't spoken to him in a number of months. According to Representative Greg Stubbe, to this day, I have not heard from Governor DeSantis. According to former Representative David Trott, I think he's an asshole. I don't think he cares about people. Ringing fucking endorsements there, Rob. Doing well. Killing it. Killing it. Meanwhile, if you get on the streets with my boy Shaney Rich and you ask the people of Miami what do they think of Donnie J, well, the answers are all pretty clear cut. No guesswork here. Trump or Biden? Trump. I just feel that, you know, Trump had the country on a better path as far as economically. I just don't see what Biden's really done. He put America first, so it makes sense. I like someone who like to put his people first. He want to generate money and income, help out businesses. I, I got a business, so I, I fuck with that. Biden ain't with all that. Trump 2024. Yep. Streets of Miami. Young people fuck with Trump. Shady Rich still getting it done. Good job, dude. Good job. Ooh, is this the video? I hope this is the video I think it is. If I didn't grab the video I was wanting to play, I'm going to be super upset. If this isn't Mo and his balls video, I'm going to be so mad.
Boom. You want to, do you guys just come up with crazy, insane shit to say inside the chat? Someone just wrote on the, in the DLive chat that the rumor is DeSantis is touring the country in order to find a state to live in so he can run as Trump's VP. Dude, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. I have no idea why you would repeat that in public. Can you imagine you had to have an entire book tour where you travel the country publicly and get vilified, attacked because you're like low key trying to find a new place to live. That is the dumbest, most insane thing anyone has ever said to me on my show. Is that Ralph? Ralph, is, is that the Ralph account? That feels very Ralphish. Like that is like one of the most insanely dumb things I've read in my chat since we got rid of Ralph. It was supposed to be dumb. So you are Ralph. Tell me your name is Ralph. Pass the popcorn. Is that fucking Ralph? That's got to be Ralph. That's 100% that's fucking Ralph. Ralph is the king of making retarded commentary and your fucking handles the giveaway. Is that Ralph? I'm never letting you back, Ralph. Just so we're clear. That it, we've already banned the other two accounts. I'm never unbanning your account, bro. Ever. 100% it's Ralph. Just with the dumbest shit. I'm never unbanning you. Ever. Permanently. Gone. Just the dumbest shit. Why do you do this? Sometimes you try to help people. You can't help them. You just can't help them. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going here. What else do I got? I got a bunch of stuff for the day. We already played that. All right. Let's talk about the current fuck up inside the uh, White House. And this is important because he's trying to drag us into a major geopolitical conflict. Biden holds fewest press conferences of any U.S. president in 40 years. Jesus, he's a moron. 40 years. Dude, Ramble was on a heater. Ramble's on a heater the last, like, five days, dude. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the dumb. Oh, my God. that Ramble is on a heater right now, you guys. I don't even know what to say about this. Oh, it's fucking... It's just... It's, he's on a heater. What do you say? He's on a heater. The guy's got it right now. He's just, like... He's throwing everything up. It's just net. Just fucking net. Uh, unlike this company, this woke company... Who finally, they're like, hey, let's also fire. I love that they're doing the VP and then the person below that person, but not the person who hired these idiots. Second Bud Light marketing exec placed on leave after backlash. Placed on leave. Okay, that means you're not getting fired. Okay? That means that you are just simply on leave. So being on leave means that we're going to bring you back once the uh, bad publicity dies down. That's all that that means. Being on leave equals, don't worry, once it dies down, you have a job, just hold tight. To all you woke, broke companies out there, there's only one thing you need to sell your products to Americans, and that is... Girls!
on one every day. <laughs> Maga singer. <laughs> We Rick, we love you, bro. Rick's killing it right now. He did. He recorded the opener for the Dilly Show, and now he's uh, he's getting into the world of memeing, and he's having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> that shit was funny as hell, bro. <laughs> I watched that thing like three times this weekend. Good job, dude. It's funny. That's unique. That's unique. All right, let's get back to Joe just for a moment. I want to talk about Joe because. I've seen this movie before. If you guys can help me, can you guys tell me what happened the last time we were got super smart and did this? The U.S. and Taliban joined forces to battle ISIS in Afghanistan. How'd that turn out? You guys, what, what happened the last time the United States of America decided to work with the Taliban? How did... Can someone tell me what happened last time? How'd it go? Can somebody remind me, like, just explain to me, like, I am brand new to the country and I don't know the history. What happened when we let the Taliban get trained by the CIA to deal with a different uh, problem? Because I'm pretty sure we had this brilliant idea to deal with the Russians in Afghanistan. And we thought, we will train the Taliban. And then we broke the Soviet Union in Afghanistan in the 80s by getting them into a forever war against the Taliban. But then the Taliban were really mad at us. And in the 90s, and eventually 2001, they did something really bad. Am I mistaken? Isn't that kind of how that went? We, we trained the, the Taliban with CIA operatives, and then the Taliban in 1993, tried to blow up the World Trade Center and then they were actually successful in 2001? Isn't, or am I, am I misremembering? This is literally the exact formula we used last time. Fucking A, man. These people. These fucking people. It's insane. It's insane. Are you surprised? I'm okay with the events that are unfolding. That's okay. This is fine. It's fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding. Don't be upset. It's fine. Everything's fine. So what? Big deal. People are just, just sensitive is all it is. You're sensitive. We, we once trained Saddam Hussein to take a... We backed Saddam Hussein in Iraq. In 1980 or whatever it was, 79. Remember during the Iraq-Iran war? We backed Saddam Hussein. Trained him by the CIA also. Remember this? Late 70s, we're like, Iran's a problem. The Ayatollah's a problem. Let's train and, and back the uh, country of Iraq against Iran. Let's give them weapons and money. And let's help put this guy named Saddam Hussein into power. How'd that go again? Can someone... Am I the only one that seems to give a shit about modern fucking history? The Taliban are back. Great. You know what? Can we just talk about something positive for a moment? Let's just take a moment. Let's take a moment to talk about positive things. All right? And it's not going to be anything obvious, right? Like, 
memes are ob- they're really positive. And I got Trump videos, super positive. Can we just, you guys want to talk about something? Can, can we just all acknowledge how fucking good my hair looks? I mean, oh my God, it's growing back. Fuck, dude. Oh, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. I thought I was dying, you guys. I'm like, I'm getting old. I'm going to be a bald old guy soon. Freaking the fuck out. I mean, as much as I can. Ultimately, I was just like, oh, well, I guess I'm old now. Dude, now look at this shit. The color's coming back. It's full. It's filling back in. Oh, I was losing it. I was fucking losing it. It's filling back in. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. It's filling back in. Oh, it's getting darker again. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. I, you know what it was? And this is a good lesson for any of you. I had a feeling that my previous doctor had me on the wrong amount of testosterone and the wrong kind. And I knew, I was like, dude, something's not right. I could just tell, okay? I knew, I was like, dude, I'm not doing, something's not right. And I didn't know what the fuck that was going on. I'm being very transparent. I don't give a shit. You guys know I don't hide anything. So last summer, I was like, and it was weird because my previous doctor, I was like, I was like, I think my previous doctor, I was like, she's kind of fucking weird. Like I started realizing, I'm like, something's wrong with her. Like something wasn't right. Like, like my last meeting with her, I was like, Okay, this is not making me feel comfortable, right? Like, I was like, something's not right with her as an individual. And then she bumped my fucking, my, my test uh, use. Uh, she said, oh, we're going to bump you to this amount. And it was higher. And I'm like, I don't think I need more. And she's like, no, you definitely do. And I was like, okay. So then she bumped it more. And I started having all these side effects. I'm like, yo, like, what the fuck is going on? And she had me on way too much testosterone. And then also was like, uh, it was the wrong kind. So I was like really bloaty. And I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on here? And then that kept going until about December. And I was like, dude, I got to find a new guy. So I found a local guy here in Georgia who's the fucking man. And, uh, and his name is Michael. And Mike's the man, dude. So Mike's like, he tested my blood. He's like, yo, like you're way out of whack. This lady has you on the wrong kind. And you're getting a shitload of side effects. And I was like, yeah, man, I think so. And I should have fucking spoke up sooner. I'm actually disappointed in myself because my intuition was telling me this is the wrong amount. Like I'm somebody who's very like I liked how I was feeling for a long time, but then I was slow to adjust because I was like, it could it be this? But it is. It was. It was very obvious. And uh, and and so she had me at a way too high of a dose and it was the wrong kind of testosterone. And I started losing my fucking hair, dude. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And it was all like thin and shitty. And I was freaking out. And so she, she, uh, I left her completely. I was like, I'm out, right? I'm out. And I went and, uh, and he adjusted me down. It was like way lower. And there was like a two week period where I was like kind of dragging. Like I didn't have the energy because my body was adjusting to the new amount. But since that time, my hair has started like growing like crazy. Like I'm like looking, I'm like, holy shit. And like, cause it was thinning on the top right here. And then it was thinning on the sides and then like right in the middle. And now the middle and the sides have filled in completely. And the top is still filling in. And then the color came back too. Anyway, just in case you guys didn't know, like, I guess my whole point in telling you this is like, if you're taking any medications and you're noticing weird shit going on with your body, listen to your gut. Like it could be the medications you're on. It could be some modification that your doctor made. You understand?
That's what I would tell you. Yeah, I hadn't cut it. I let it grow for for like a month and a half. I just got it cut finally um, on Saturday. And so now I'll let it grow out again. But yeah, I just want to share that with you guys because for some of you, you never know. It doesn't matter if it's your hormones. It could be something else. But more often than not, if you're at the wrong dose of something, sometimes it's not an immediate like shift. Like, oh, I'm having a problem. Like it took me like six months before the, the – uh, before the effects of having the wrong amount really were noticeable. Like, so I think what happens is a lot of us, you get into the routine of doing something and then you don't think twice about what you're doing until you have like a negative effect. So yeah, that's what I would tell you is like, that's what I would tell you is if you're having any medical issues, at least for me, I was like, dude, something's not right. And it took months Took months to know what the fuck was going on. But yeah, very happy I, I, I got away from that shit. Yep. See, I told you I had good news. Good news. Actually, truthfully, here's good news. So these are clips. These are some clips of uh, President Trump with Mark Levin. And I thought they were pretty interesting. I thought Levin was fair and actually very complimentary of President Trump, which was cool. Uh, let's play a couple of these. I don't know if how much of this I'm going to get through. I may just jump out of one of these clips at a random time. Just so everybody's aware. I may jump out of one of these clips. Depending on what what's being said. Because Mark's a little long-winded. But let's see. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. And go. Seems to know. A lot of this information's in the book via letters. Back and forth to politicians, world leaders, and so forth. And the letters are fascinating. You can go to 45books.com to order the book. Letters to Trump, 45books.com. You know, I read a lot. I research a lot. I study a lot. I've never really seen anything like this. This is really firsthand. We talked about Nixon and foreign policy, but you were buddies. Kind of. With Ted Kennedy? Yeah. John Jr. Kennedy? Yeah. Not all the Kennedys. No. But, but Ted in particular, because he was down in Palm Beach and so forth, tell us about that. It's in the book. So I, I had a very good relationship with him for some reason. I mean, we were different in terms of philosophy. But at that time, it didn't matter that much. I was a real estate developer primarily. And uh, I did him a favor. It wasn't such a big thing, but to him, it was a big thing. I was able to help him on something. And for some reason, he really liked it. It was quite important to him. To somebody else, I'd say maybe it wasn't that important. But it had to do with his family, and I helped him. And he was very loyal in that sense. And I got along with him very, very well. Um, and, you know, he, had, he went on to have a lot of problems. I would have said he would have been president someday, but the Chappaquiddick was terrible and, you know, went through a lot. But I got to know him primarily because of Palm Beach and, and a little bit Washington, although I wasn't a Washington person. Uh, I got to know John Kennedy very well, John John. Uh, fantastic. I think he would have been president. I think he was, you know, he was selling. He had a magazine named George, and he was going to be selling that. He wanted to get out. His mother wanted him to go into politics really strongly. He wanted to be an actor. And he loved the concept of being an actor. And he was a handsome guy, very handsome guy. And I think he probably would have been good at whatever he wanted to do. He was with Caroline. Caroline. He just, uh, I knew him before he got married, after he got married. They fought like cats and dogs, but they loved each other. This was a, uh, Different than your relationship with your beautiful wife. But they fought, and then 
and say, this isn't going to work out, and then you'd see them hugging and kissing, right? So, you know, they had a ra rather volatile relationship, as the expression goes. But, uh, but it was fine. It worked. And then they got onto that plane, and it was just a disaster. But he would have, uh, he was getting ready to, I think he would have run for the Senate from New York, or someplace, but probably New York. He wanted to do it. And he was, he was all set for that. And his mother really wanted him to do that. And, you know, had a great look, handsome, very handsome, very handsome guy at the top of the, top of the line, really. And I think he probably would have done well, and he would have gone on. He probably would have been president. I think he would have been president. You have a long letter in here from Alec Baldwin, who really was a big fan of yours. It's true. <laughs> so what happened? You're Republican, Politics. you run for office, yeah. and now he is full of contempt. Full of contempt. Politics. Well, I don't know about now. Now he's got different kinds of He's problems. got his own issues. He's yeah. got a couple of issues. Yeah. So you just, you think it's, it's the mentality. Oh, it's politics. It's one team and another team. Yeah. Uh, look, you, you run for office, and uh, I, I ran as a Republican. I'm proud of that. I'm a conservative guy. But I'm really not, it's not so much, you know, like people say, are you a conservative? Yeah, I'm conservative, but I'm a common sense person. Um, no, I, I think uh, it's been an interesting life. You know, I, I looked at the book the other night. And I, I'm proud of it. It's, it's great. a great book. I've had thousands and thousands of letters sent to me over the years. And I had two women that were terrific. Uh, one was Norma, Norma Fodera. The other was Rona Graf. And they worked. Rona was young, and, and she was working with Norma for years. And then when Norma passed away, she, she was there right almost up until the end. She was a fantastic woman. And then Rona did such an incredible job. And they, they saved every letter. Andrew Lloyd Webber writing me a letter. Which is in the book. Which is in the book that uh, essentially, Donald, I'm opening a new musical. He lived in Trump Tower with Sarah Brightman was his wife. They fought pretty good, too. <laughs> but I will tell you, he, so he writes me a letter. I'm opening up a new musical in New York. It's called Phantom of the Opera. We're having opening night in a month or whatever it was. And I'd love you to go. And I say, OK. You know, I'll go. And then I went and I heard the sound. They said, that's unbelievable. You know, and it became one of the most successful things. But it was an interesting letter because it's sort of like I'm opening a musical called Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And uh, it says, I think it's going to be quite good. Here's the book, Letters to Trump. It's a beautiful book. Dude, like how do you not watch? I could listen to Donald Trump talk on anything other than politics for hours. These are the clips that I want. These are the ones that you want. Like, how do you not get completely drawn into this? This man's life is so fucking interesting. Like, how do you not get drawn into that? He's talking about Phantom of the Opera, and dude's like, hey, I think I'm, I wrote a musical. I think it's gonna be pop. like, there is so much inside that melon outside of politics that is like critical <laughs> that humanity know about it. And we haven't even scratched the surface of it. I hope to God the campaign keeps pushing it because this is what everybody needs. You just need, just let them fucking talk. Ask them questions about business or romance. How did you, you know, what made you think that you could finally have a forever kind of marriage? Oh, blah, let him talk. Like he has so much knowledge up there that would just get you to sit down like Indian style, listening to a great fucking orator and, and, and leader tell you, Shit that would just blow your mind. Yeah. Oh, Arnold was great. Arnold was, 
Arnold was a, a great man in the sense, and I'll never forget, you know, he was a very wealthy man. He was, he was a, an amazing uh, athlete, amazing golfer, and uh, if you look at his career, how, how he did, you know, he just, he was an instant star. Mark McCormick, you know Mark McCormick from IMG, and he was a golfer, and he wanted to be a touring pro, and he went to a certain school, and Arnold Palmer went to Wake Forest, and they got into a match together. And Mark McCormick, you know who I'm talking about, yeah. right? He was, the, he was the founder of IMG, which turned out to be, I guess, the biggest agency or whatever. But his first client was, was Arnold Palmer. But, but Mark didn't want to do that. He didn't even think about that. He wanted to be a professional golfer. Now he's playing Arnold Palmer in a match. And somebody on the 10th hole shouts over, Mark, how are you doing? He said, I'm playing great. How's your score? I'm five down. <laughs> he said, this guy is impossible. I can't beat this guy. And he realized after one round that, you know, he was never going to be able, he wasn't long enough. He wasn't strong enough. He didn't putt as well, chip as well. He didn't do anything as well. He said, that, that's the end of my, he thought he, was, he thought he was good until he met Arnold. Then he said, Arnold, and Arnold went on to win the U.S. Amateur, and then he went on to be a great pro. He said, I'd love to represent you. And they started, and Arnold owned a piece of IMG. And Arnold owned a piece of the Golf Channel. Arnold was a very rich guy, but he was, he was an unbelievable person. And I'll never forget, I was doing a commercial for something, and Arnold Palmer was there. I never met him. And he was standing in the background putting, because he was in a tournament. And this company that's doing the commercial said, Sir, do you think you could ask Arnold Palmer to be in the commercial? I said, I don't think he's going to do that. He gets paid a lot of money to do that. And I said, but let me ask him. I said, hi, Arnold. I'm Donald Trump. Hey, Arnold, would you do me a favor? Could you say a few words? I'm doing a little commercial. Do you mind? Absolutely, Donald. Absolutely. He called me Donald. Absolutely, Donald. Absolutely. And I had Arnold Palmer in a commercial. He didn't say, you got to pay me. And he got paid a lot of money. No, Arnold was a great star. And you know a lot of athletes who like you a lot. Shaquille O'Neal, they're on the book, of course. Uh, Jack Nicholas. Yeah. And others. And that's something that's been your passion, hasn't it? I remember UFC or MMA, which I'm kind of obsessed with for some reason. Well, we have great people. And we have, I mean, you take a look at uh, what they've done at Dana White, UFC. Uh, you. Look at what Vince McMahon has done with Linda, with, you know, with the whole thing with the wrestling. WWE used to be WWF, and then they had a, somebody sued him, and they ended up with WWE. But, you know, you look at the great job that Vince McMahon and Linda have done, unbelievable. Yeah. Dana White has been unbelievable with UFC. He's an incredible guy. I don't know if he's replaceable even. But uh, the job he's done at UFC is, I like that, you know, I just enjoy it. But the job they've done is incredible. These, we have people that are unbelievable entrepreneurs. The one thing I find they all have in common, they love what they're doing. Vince and Dana and all of these people that, you know, do what they do. They just, it's such a passion. It's so incredible. And they therefore have great knowledge. You know, they understand it and they have great knowledge. But they truly do have a great love and enthusiasm for what they do. I've never seen anybody be, be successful or certainly be very successful without that incredible enthusiasm. Lots of letters in this book. Many will surprise you. Get it at 45. See, that, I'm telling you, 
It just pulls you in. Also, dude, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him his fucking flowers. Mark Levin, thank you for letting him just talk. Thank you for just letting him expand on a thought. You you say a thing, you get him going, and then you let us enjoy. Because everyone does this to President Trump. They cut him off, and you end up with sound bites, and you're and it makes it sound like he's talking, and there's like this broken train of thought. Like everybody goes, oh, he's all over the place, and it's like. He's constantly being like interrupted. So he's in the middle of a statement and he's trying to say something very prescient or interesting and he never gets to complete a thought. And then Mark Levin comes and does this interview and he says something and then just shuts the fuck up. Really? Seriously, that was a really good job. And then Mark Levin saved all of his words for the very end and he did something completely classy and appropriate. And I want you to watch the way that President Trump responded and how he is completely giving the same level of respect. I'm impressed. Mr. President, let me ask you a question. You had a pretty good back and forth letters and relationship with Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. And you always got along with Bill Clinton. Uh, you got along early on with Hillary Clinton, but then you know how that turned out, 2016 and so forth. They came to my wedding. They came to your wedding. What do you make of that? That's politics to you? It's politics too. It's all politics. Uh, I never forgot, and he loved, I own a course in Westchester, and he loved that course. He was there a lot. He just loved it. He loves playing golf. And he was Is he any a, good? Uh, uh, better than people think. You know, they say no, but he's, he's got a certain athleticism, actually. Mm -hmm. Better than people think. And uh, we used to play, but I'll never forget this is before I even thought in terms of politics for myself, but we had played around and uh, we were sitting in the clubhouse and he was telling me stories about politics and telling me his views on this and this. I said, you know, two and a half hours have gone by and he's, he just loved it, talk about enthusiasm. I mean, I think they did a great disservice by not using him. When I went with, you know, went against Hillary, I think that uh, they had this unbelievable weapon known as Bill Clinton who was a natural politician. And I know for a fact, he called in, he said, you know, I'm in Michigan and we got Trump signs all over the place and you got enthusiasm. You better send somebody out. He says, no, we're not gonna have a problem with Michigan. And he called in about Wisconsin. He said, you know, I'm here and we're making trips to a convention center. Every house has a Trump sign on it. You're gonna have to get some people out here, Wisconsin. They said, no, 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 the polls indicate that he can't win Wisconsin. And I ended up winning Michigan and Wisconsin. And he said to them, you have to come out here. She never made a trip to Wisconsin because it was automatic Democrat territory. And, you know, by now, it, maybe it's a well-known story, but he very much, and they, he very much wanted them to go to Michigan again. And they wanted to go, they, they never went to Wisconsin. And they said, you're gonna lose this state. He said it, you're gonna lose this state. He had an instinct, he had a natural instinct like people do. People that are good at things have a lot of instinct. And it was very interesting, and they never went. And I won Wisconsin, I won Michigan, but he knew that. And I had heard what's going on, and he wanted them to go so badly, and I was hoping they wouldn't go, because I thought we were gonna win those places. Uh, but he was a, uh, a weapon that they decided not to use. They actually did the opposite, they shut him out. See, I love this. President Trump appreciates the game, right? The game of politics, the competitiveness of business and politics. This is why he can see the playing field very clear. 
when you're dispassionate about your opponent, you can respect their moves a lot better. Like, when you're dispassionate, you can objectively look at what they're doing and go, okay, I can see what you're trying to do to me. And you're, you're much more capable of response. It was just a good job. That's a great interview, man. That's a great fucking interview. And then it finished. I think this is the clip I was hoping to play that last time, but I'll, I'll play it now. And then it finished with this. I've talked to a lot of important people. Supreme Court justices, presidents, presidential candidates, brilliant people. And talking with you is really the most impressive conversation I've had. Number one, there's very few people who could sit there and speak the way you do from subject to subject to subject to subject. If people would let you speak and actually listen to you, while you have the enormous pressure on your shoulders of these grand juries and other things going on, and you still are able to do it. That is absolutely remarkable. And as you go through the history of your presidency, and I read these letters in this book, it was a phenomenal presidency. Phenomenal presidency. And the reason you don't get the credit that you deserve is because perhaps that's going to be up to history. When people look back and say, wait a minute, he was right about this and this and this and so forth. What happened is you upset the apple cart. That is, Hillary was supposed to win and she was supposed to be the third term of Obama. And they never forgave you. And we're facing a period in history now, somebody who studies history very carefully, where the country is facing very dangerous change. We're regressing. Uh, and regressing towards what you call correctly this Marxist ideology. You can see what, who Donald Trump, who you were speaking with throughout your life and throughout your career and what they were saying without anybody interfering and involved, interpreting it for anybody else. So I want to thank you for all the time you've given us here, and uh, it's been a tremendous honor. Well, thank you very thank much, Mark. God bless you. my great honor. Thank you very much. And one other thing. Go to the very end of the book, and you'll see my wife and me. <laughs> the very end of the book. But I encourage people to go to 45books.com and get a copy. God bless you. Sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you next time on Life, Liberty, and Levin. He was going to cry. He was going to cry. He finally, I think Mark Levin finally gets Trump. I don't know that he ever actually fully did. I think that was as much a mea culpa as I've ever fucking seen in an interview. I think that was literally, that was Mark Levin finally understanding the total, like the, the, the whole of the man. I don't think he ever understood him that yet. I think he's interviewed him before. I don't think he ever maybe fully grasped the what who Donald Trump is on the whole. And Leah Memes is probably right. She's like, Fox is going to fire Levin next. <laughs> You're probably right. I'm like, well, that was a little too nice. You're fucking fired. A lot of these people, most of this country didn't know what they were looking at when they were looking at Donald Trump. I don't think they understood. I think there are people in, in, in this culture, in this society that come along and they don't fit in a box. They don't fit in any particular box and they refuse to bend and they refuse to change or, or alter what they're doing 
because they know what they're doing in their heart of hearts is right. And I think that Trump is somebody that is extremely misunderstood for that reason. I think the culture is so broken that so many, they can't comprehend what they're looking at. And I think Mark Levin's probably right. A lot of history, a lot of history is going to be written about Trump. And I don't think he's fully going to get his flowers and his, his appreciation until that history is being written. But that was humility from, from Levin. And I'm not, I'm not either direction with that guy. Like, I like some of what he says. I don't like some of what he says. I appreciate his not. I do appreciate his mind. But Mark Levin is somebody that, generally speaking, overt humility isn't going to be real, like, the front. Like, that's not going to be the, what he leads with. He leads with a lot of, you know, a lot of boldness, a lot of, you know, um, he's an intellect. So humility is not, it's reserved for very special people. So this is where you kind of go, that's humility. That was a guy that I think he was slightly choked up. And usually you get choked up like that when you have guilt about the way you used to feel about someone. Even if they didn't know it, you know it in your heart that you, you may have said or thought ill will or ill things about the person. And you have guilt about it because you're like, why did I do that? Why did I think this? So I think that's what you kind of had there was Mark Levin, his humility, and he was getting a little choked up because I think he recognized I haven't been entirely fair to this person, and I don't think I fully comprehended or understood them until just now. I don't think he, I don't think he got it. This is what I was trying to scream at everybody about the campaign on Friday. The sales pitch for Donald Trump in 24 isn't his voting record. And it's not, it's not like what he already accomplished. And it's not playing defense. It, is the, it has to be the biggest PR campaign on behalf of a man's character and on behalf of his whole life that we've ever seen. It's letting people see and understand the real Donald Trump. That's, that's the recipe for a win in 2024 is getting over the demonization of Trump. It's undoing all of the bullshit fake news branding of Trump. And the only way you can do it is by giving more of him, the human. It's a win. It will always win. He's impossible not to like if you let him talk long enough. Everybody starts going, Fuck, that's really nice, or that's really, you find out just how much, how sincere he is. It's critical. And that's also, just as my friend Lauren Eve just said in the chat, is why memes are so important for the historical accuracy of this time period.
Corn Eve, perfect cap to the end of the show. Appreciate you guys. Happy Monday. God bless you. God bless America. And God bless our president, Donald J. Trump. I am author Brendan Dilly, and I'll be back tomorrow with a whole bunch of memes because I got a bunch that are still sitting on the set that I didn't even get to play today. I'll be back tomorrow for another episode of The Dilly Show. Until then, let's keep taking it all back. Have a great Monday, everybody. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you tomorrow. But there is no way. This is the United States of America. We're not giving up our sovereignty to anybody. Fuck that. We came too close. Now we're going back the other direction. We're not going to get calmer as years go by. We're going to get more fired up. We're going to want more. I want more. This culture war, you fucking idiots, is not, is not something about the just, oh, the next re-election. We want it all back. We want our schools back. We want our education. We want our higher education back. We want our banking back. We want our celebrity fucking entertainment industries back. We want our music back. We want our sports back. We're fighting for all of it. I won't stop until we have every fucking aspect of Americanism back and actually representing America. We're raising an entire generation of patriots right behind us who have the exact same attitude and thoughts and approach. We're raising children. You're aborting them, we're raising them. We're raising them to vote. We're raising them to recognize bullshit. We're training them to not trust the, the uh, government or the media. We're training them in weapons. We're training them in free speech. We're not a fucking thing the left can do about it. We're not going away. This is only the beginning. Globalism was a failed idea. That was the George Bush era Republican, rhino, sellout, scumbag, globalist approach to things. This is a new America. This is a new America that resembles the old America, except for with a lot more wisdom. And you're just gonna have to get used to it, lefties. We're not going anywhere.